Welcome to the Relentless Grace Podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey, Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation. This church has left the building. This week on Relentless Grace, we are beginning a new sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Each week for the next nine weeks, we will take a portion of the Lord's Prayer and explore what it tells us about God and how the Lord's Prayer can help us strengthen our prayer relationship with God. Today, we're going to look at the very first petition, Our Father, who art in heaven. This can be a block for some people and a gateway for others. I'm going to unpack the different challenges that the image of God as Father presents, but also look at the way this prayer opens up opportunities to understand the intimacy of a relationship that God desires us to have. My hope is, as we explore this and other parts of the Lord's Prayer, it will deepen our relationship with God and our ability to call upon the name of the Lord in prayer. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Romans 8, 12-17, New Revised Standard Version. So then, brothers and sisters, we are obligated not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we in fact suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Galatians 4, 5-7, from the message. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as God's own children, because God sent the Spirit of God's Son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir, with complete access to the inheritance. 1 John 3, 1-2, through 2, the Good News Version See how much the Father has loved us? God's love is so great that we are called God's children, and so, in fact, we are. That is why the world doesn't know us. It has not known God. My dear friends, we are now God's children, but it's not yet clear what we shall become. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he really is. Our 
Father. That's how the Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father. And those words that begin the Lord's Prayer, well, they can either be one of the biggest blocks or the biggest gateways to understanding the Lord's Prayer. And as we begin this exploration of the Lord's Prayer on the Relentless Grace podcast, I want to start with the reason that that phrase can be a block. Because for many people, the image of God as a father can be very problematic. For some individuals, it's challenging because they had a very contentious relationship with their father, perhaps even violent or abusive. And the idea of imagining or envisioning God as a father can make a person reel back and think, I don't want anything to do with that kind of father. I don't want anything to do with an image of someone who hurt me or belittled me or demeaned me. So they begin the prayer with our father and immediately they are running away from the prayer. It can be a turnoff. It can be a point of pain and hurt, and one of the reasons that many people flee organized religion, because they feel that this image of God as a father is forced upon them. For others, it's problematic because it gives the image of a male God, that God is a man and that we have to relate to God as a male. And that shuts down for some people an understanding of how to relate to God because they don't see themselves reflected in God or they see half of humanity excluded by God. Both of those are absolutely legitimate blocks for people when they first hear this prayer, when they first hear these words. And so I think it's important to begin with this element of block in order to open up a different way to understand and relate to the God who is revealed in this prayer. First, for those who see God's fatherhood as the problem, and they don't want to have a relationship with a father, this is an opportunity for those who are open to it, and this entire discussion is really going to be focused on where you are at in your own spiritual journey. And so some of what I talk about will have absolutely no relevance to you, but for others it may have deep meaning. And so for people who might struggle with the image of God as a father because of their own relationships with their father, this is an opportunity to redeem that word, if you are open to it. To recognize and to see that there is a father with whom one could have a positive relationship. Perhaps not your earthly father, but your father who art in heaven. For those who are open to the idea, it is a chance, an opportunity to relook at that father relationship and find not just the place of pain, but the place of hope. Now, that may be too big a lift for some people struggling with the word, and that is completely understandable. But if you are open to it, it is an avenue to follow. The other issue is the focus on the maleness of God. It is very important for us to understand that throughout all of scriptures, God is seen in many, many 
different ways. God is revealed to us in such a wide variety of images and names. The Bible has countless images for God. Some of them are gender neutral, including God as the Most High, the Mighty, the Deliverer, our Rock, our Shield, our Strength, our Righteousness. Some are images that are uniquely male. Examples of that include the one of God as our Father. Others are distinctly feminine. God is pictured as a mother in Isaiah 42, as a woman in labor, as one who gives birth in Isaiah 46, as one who nurses her children in Hosea, as one who does not forget the child she nurses in Isaiah 49. And some could go either way, like judge or friend. What these reveal to us about God is that what is important about God is not that God is male or God's gender. God is not a male, nor is God genderless. The scriptures define God as genderful, as experiencing all of the many varieties of gender that are there. Truly, in many ways, the image of God in the scripture is really more progressive in our understanding of gender than we previously have understood. We have a God who encompasses all aspects of our being and also all aspects of our world, allowing our minds, which compared to God are so small, to begin to understand the depth and the breadth and the beauty of God's love. So with this understanding of God as moving beyond that, we return to this image of God as our Father. And the focus is not on the maleness of God, but rather on the relationship we have with God. When you look at the other parts of the Trinity, we have Jesus, who was male, and we have the Spirit, which is generally understood as Sophia, or the image of wisdom, which is seen as the female portion of the Trinity. And we have God as Father. But if that is a block to you, you can not focus on that, but rather focus on the intimacy, because that is really at its core what this beginning of the Lord's Prayer is about. Because the word that Jesus uses when he begins this prayer is not father in that rather formal sense, like, father, will you do this for me? But rather, Abba, daddy. This is about an intimacy of relationship. Not about the gender, but about a relationship with a God with whom we can have an intimate relationship. One that we can call daddy, or if you prefer, mommy. Or if either of those don't work for you, find a word that expresses that kind of intimate relationship that draws us into a relationship with God where we can come to God with all of our owies, with all of the things that we're afraid of that go bump in the night, with all of those feelings that a child might have as they look to one for safety, for comfort, for support and for love, because that really is what this prayer is about. It is about the ability to turn to a God of love 
who will nurture us, who will care for us, who will love us in a way that is transcendent. Because for earthly parents, our love is finite. As children, we know that our parents' love has an end date, because all die. But when we turn to our God, who has that intimate relationship with us as a parent and a child in the best possible sense, we are able to recognize the infinite love of God, the love that transcends time and place, the love that moves beyond the here and now and extends beyond. And that is the last part of this opening section. Our Father who art in heaven, our Father who is beyond this place, the one that will hear us, the one we can turn to with the kind of conversation that God yearns for, with the kind of conversation that God wants with us, intimacy and love. So this prayer, as we begin, our Father, it can become a transformative gateway to show us the power of God's love who cares for us and who wants to nurture and be there for us. When we get stuck on God as male or on negative images of God because of negative experiences with father figures, that keeps us from experiencing what Jesus desired when he taught his disciples how to pray. That Jesus wants to be connected with us, with trust and dependence and an awareness that God is bigger than any of the struggles that we have here on earth. That childlike trust that you have that your parents will take care of everything. Well, that fails in this life sometimes. But when we place that faith, hope, and confidence in our heavenly parent, we know that God will not abandon us or leave us when we cry out, that our God seeks to be in relationship with us. What power, what peace we find when we are able to find in the one with whom we have a relationship. That ability to talk to God, to trust God with every hurt, every pain, every owie, every boo-boo, every fear. And our God, our daddy, our mommy, our parent, our beloved guardian, if we don't have that here on earth, this prayer invites us to know that we have that in heaven We have that around us and with us, and nothing can yank it away. This text becomes for us a gift, a gift of relationship. And as we study in the next nine weeks the Lord's Prayer, bit by bit, looking at the invitation of this prayer, we can see how it opens up to us a relationship through prayer, through conversation, through trust through intimacy, with the creator of the entire world. May we be able to turn to God with that intimacy and trust, knowing that yes, this can be problematic, but if we can look at our relationship with God through eyes of intimacy and trust, we can lean into all that God offers us 
in prayer. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who with all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you, take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you, you will find a solace there. In his arms he'll take and shield you, you will find a solace there. Each week during this series on the Lord's Prayer, it's my hope to provide an opportunity in our community connection on ways to deepen your own spiritual prayer life. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do each week, but as I've outlined it, I believe that I'm going to offer different ways to enter into prayer and reflection. And to assist with that, I'm going to provide some links in the show notes that are attached to the podcast in case you want to further develop your prayer life. This week, I invite you to explore different ways to enter into a prayer relationship with God by using the vast numbers of names for God or names for Christ that are available in the Scripture. One of the things I've discovered in my own personal spiritual life is that at different times in my life, as I seek after a relationship with God, using the basis of understanding that I can come to God with intimacy and trust in the way that is shown in the Lord's Prayer— I found that when I do that and I use different names of God, I am able to deepen that relationship with God. For example, during times when it feels like there are storms around me and I'm afraid and I feel like I cannot find a place for a breath or a time out, I envision God as a large rock, like the kind of rocks if you've ever been to Cannon Beach, Oregon, or you've ever been on the seacoast and you see those huge rocks. Think of the Prudential Rock, the Rock of Gibraltar. 
Well, I think of God as a rock like that. And when I pray, I imagine God as the one who is shielding me from the storm as I sit behind that rock and try to find a place of peace in the midst of the storms. Or sometimes, when I feel that the world is profoundly unfair and that things are not going the way that I think they should, or quite frankly, in a way that I believe is righteous, I pray to God as judge. Because I find that when I take on the role of judge, I become, I don't know, judgmental. And as a result, that's not healthy for my spirituality. So I pray to God as the judge. And I turn over to God God's responsibilities. I trust that God will sort things out. When I do things like this, I am able to deepen my prayer relationship with God at the same time as furthering my understanding of the depth and breadth of God's love. Sometimes, for example, if I pray to God as the cornerstone when I feel like things are falling apart, I know that there is a place that is solid in the midst of the world. I may someday do a sermon series on the different names of God, now that I'm thinking about it. That'd be a really good sermon series. So maybe that'll come up in the future. But there are so many ways that we can see and understand God. Another example, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, is God as a good shepherd. There are also many feminine images of God that I think are beautiful ways to understand God. I love the image in Hosea of God as the one who's teaching us to walk with whom we are connected with an umbilical cord. What a beautiful image of God. Or as God as one who is nursing and protecting me, or as God as a mother bear, because you know how fierce they get to protect their children. As we explore these different ways to enter into a relationship with God, we are able to do two things. One, as I said, is to deepen our relationship with God and broaden our understanding of God, but also it allows us to center our spirituality in a way that moves us beyond ourself, recognizing the parts of God that fill in the gaps of our life. So this week, I hope that you will explore the different names of God. And in the show notes, I'm going to link a few different places that have the biblical names of God, biblical names for Jesus, feminine images of God, and different names of God. And as you connect with them or as you do your own research, it's not that hard. Just Google the names of God. Find a few and use them for prayer. I believe it will deepen your relationship. And so when you come back to the Lord's Prayer, you recognize the fullness of God to complete us and to give us all that we need to sustain us here on earth, knowing our parent in heaven hears us. Thank you for joining me today for this inaugural episode of the Relentless Grace series on the Lord's Prayer. In the future, if you have any ideas for series or topics that we could cover, please let me know. It's a great way to continue to expand the podcast ministry. I'm grateful for the feedback that I have received and also for the support that I receive, either through the Patreon link that's on the show notes as a way of supporting this ministry in an ongoing fashion, or through Venmoing me at PVMamel, or contacting me if you wish to send a check to support the ministry. I am grateful as it allows me to continue to do this as a focus and provide this as support for you on your spiritual journey. I'm grateful for the many ways that I receive help, 
today, especially for Dan McKnight, who is both the announcer and the scripture reader, Cami Wenberg and her wonderful gift of music, and Ruth Skinner, who sings the final song. As you go out today, I leave you with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace, and the mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. May you know that joy and be able to turn to your heavenly Father, your heavenly parent, who desires an intimate relationship with you as you walk through life and as you turn to our Lord in prayer. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands and all the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap 